Curtis Cates of worldliness to the home. The effect of worldliness on the home is indeed a very important subject, very vital subject. And we want to talk about worldliness first, and then we'll notice some influence that it has had upon the homes in the Bible. Several of them are lack of worldliness. And then, uh, if we have time, I want to go into some specifics, some of which I may repeat that have been stated today. First, when we talk about worldliness, we're talking about world-likeness. The world is the, the world in which we live, and when we think about the problem, we think about the worldly-type living. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not any. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, vainglory and pride of life. If we have that type of love, then we're enemies of Jehovah God. And we don't want to be enemies of God. 1 John 2, 15 through 17 but I think that uh, most of us will admit that a lot of what is in the world creeps into the church of the Lord Jesus Christ sooner or later. And the influence of the world has creeped into the church of Christ all down through the years. And that is true uh, very often in our generation. The line of demarcation between the church and the world in some places is uh, not very wide and not very deep. But in the Bible, it's deep and wide. There's a real contrast between the world and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Bible. And if we have the world within us, then we can't go to heaven. Because the world, worldly practices, rebellion against God, won't make it into heaven. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, Christ said, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, its preservative factor, then it's good for nothing but to be trodden, un thrown out and trodden under the foot of men, Right? Then he says, we're like a city that is set upon the hill that cannot be hid. And so the church is to be a light to others. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, we've studied some today about uh, the Lord's Sermon on the Mount. And indeed, it... it was probably the greatest sermon that has ever been preached. God's people are not to lose their saltiness. If we lose our saltiness, our preservative power upon this word, this world, then we lose our worth. Losing our saltiness, losing our light, 
as a city set upon the hill, will kill us. It will destroy us as individuals. It will uh, destroy our influence. And so, as Christ said, you don't put a candle under a bushel basket, but you put it on a candlestick so that it will affect uh, the house around us. It will shine. Now, we are to shine in a persistent way. We are to be consistent in our lack of worldliness, our rejection of the thinking and the philosophies and the deeds of the world. In Philippians 2, 14 through 16, Paul said, Do all things without murmurings and questionings, that ye may be blameless and harmless children without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and perverse or perverted generation among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of light. And so do we want to shine as lights? Well, if we do, we don't argue with Jehovah God. We obey His will, and therefore we are blameless in that. And we shine as lights in the darkness. In Colossians 4, 5, the Apostle Paul said, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. The days are evil. And so we constantly, consistently are to walk redeeming uh, the time. This is so important until our Lord said in Matthew twelve thirty, He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Our Lord had some things to say about his apostles in his prayer to the Father in John 17, 15, and 16. He said, I pray not that thou shouldst take them, them their apostles, out of the world, that's what I tell my students, because them is not an adjective, right? But anyway, you're not, you're not to use them as an adjective, okay? But that's another step. I pray that thou wouldst not take them, the apostles, out of the world, but that thou shouldst keep them from the evil. Keep them from the evil in the world. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And so what are we to do? We're to stay away from the evil in this world. In 1 Peter 4, 3 through 5, Peter said, For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to do the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. And so the, the, the Apostle Peter said, you once walked as the Gentiles. You once worked or walked in the ways of the world. But you don't do that anymore. And the reason why you don't do it, it's wrong, it's forbidden, 
and you're going to be judged. And all of us are going to be judged as to the way we live in this uh, world. The Apostle Paul said something about our being crucified to the world. And something about being crucified to Christ, but crucified unto the world. In other words, we're crucified with Christ. Our sins are taken away. We die to the love and to the practice of sins. We become Christians. And when we do that, we are crucified to the world. We're not to live according to the ways of the world. Galatians 6, uh, verse 14. I wish we had time to talk about Romans chapter 6. In Romans chapter 6, we see two different types of bond being bond servants. On one side, we see the bond servant, the slaves of sin. On the other side, we see the bond servant of or slavery of Jesus Christ. We are a servant of Christ. And there's a contrast between those. Serving the world, serving Satan is an abomination to God. But we are to serve in Christ. We're to serve Christ. We're to have a new life in Christ, okay? And so when we have a new life in Jesus Christ, then we're pleasing to Him, and we find that the the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans six twenty three. Now the question is, how do we leave serving Satan, being a bond slave of, of Satan, and how we do we transfer ownership to Jesus Christ? And so. Uh, Paul said, we are to obey from the heart that form of teaching which was delivered to you, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. In Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, we find, uh, shall we sin that grace might abound? God forbid. How that shall we that have been saved from sin live any longer therein? Then he says that we are baptized into Christ, having died to the love and to the practice of sin. And so when we obey the gospel of Christ, we leave the world. We get out of the world. We're delivered from the world, and we're delivered unto following and serving Jesus Christ our Lord. In Colossians 1, 13 and 14, we find that God hath delivered us, translated us out of the kingdom of the power of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. So it is unbecoming for God's people to go back into sin. We are to live righteously. And that has to do with our living in our marriages and in rearing our children. Now, the world doesn't like it when we leave the world. Satan doesn't like it. It has been said that the world destroys its worst. It crucifies its worst people. 
But also, it is true that the world crucifies its best people. And we see that in Jesus Christ our Lord. Because the world does not want to feel guilty. Okay? And so the world sees such a contrast between the world and Christians until they want to do away with Christianity and they want to do away with those who are living right. So the real Christian is going to be hated by the world. But he has this consolation. If the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. John five eighteen through 20. And so, how do we hate, how do we refrain from being hated by the world? To return to the world. To do like the world. To become a part of the world. Again, if we have been children of God, then we return to the world. But you and I are different. We are responsible for being different. And we... Uh, maintain pure doctrine, we maintain a pure practice of life, and we maintain marriage as God would have it. I'm, I am uh, wanting to notice now with us, how do we, if we're in the world, how do we separate ourselves from the world? Well, Second Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 18, Paul said, Wherefore ye come ye out from among them? And be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord. And so God has always wanted and expected His people to be different from the world. In James 4, 4, James said, Ye are adulterous. Adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship for the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. And so we must separate ourselves and remain separate from worldly affiliations because those worldly affiliations are enemies of Jehovah God. We are to live pure. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. James 1, 27. Proverbs 4, 14 and 15 says, Enter not into the path of the wicked. Go not into the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass by it. Turn from it and pass away from it. And so we are not to touch anything that is unclean. And that includes in our marriages. In Romans 12, we're not to be conformed to this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
Now, that includes in our marriages. Now, notice in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, many works of the flesh are mentioned. I want you to notice that uh, among the first are these two, fornication, adultery, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, strife, wrath, seditions, heresies, envyings, murder, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. And those who are engaged in these practices shall not go to heaven. And so what are we, what is our attitude? We are not to touch these things. We're not to touch these immoral practices. We are to flee from them because these are rebellion against God and they are worldliness. I wish I had more time to go into that. I want us to notice over in Genesis chapter 3, that when Adam and Eve were created in the garden, <clears throat> that God had some laws for them. In Genesis 2, 16 and 17, God told them of all of the fruit in the garden, thou mayest freely eat of it, but you're not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. They were to eat of the tree of life, that was in the midst of the garden also, but they were not to eat of the forbidden fruit. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, we find that Satan came. And I have an idea, and I think I can prove that he didn't waste much time coming to tempt them in the Garden of Eden. And he lied to them. And he told them that what God had forbidden them to do was all right. He was just trying to deprive them of some enjoyment. See? And so she engaged in these three things, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the vain glory and pride of life. And you know what had happened? She gave to her husband and he ate with her. She was deceived. Adam ate with her, he was not deceived, and both of them were separated by their sin from Jehovah God. And then they were hiding from God, and they were in great misery because they disobeyed the law of Jehovah God. Now, in addition to that, they also, uh, Eve not only influenced her husband, to do what was wrong, but she and he brought evil into this world, brought sin into this world by their having eaten of the forbidden fruit, and they brought death and suffering into this world. Now, when God says, you're not to do this, you are to do this, we must take that seriously. It wasn't long before one of their sons killed another one of their sons. It wasn't very long after then till polygamy was practiced. And so here, rebellion against Jehovah God, refusing to do His will, thinking, well, I'll be happy if I disobey Him, brings destruction, suffering, punishment, and death into this world. 